What is up? Welcome back to another bonus episode of the Cousin Cecil Show, which you know what that means. It is Wednesday, so happy new comic book day. But yes, that means also we am here with another comic book creator. And this week uh, I am with the he has a well, his book's already kind of out on issue one through Scout Comics called Red Shift. But I have uh, the author H.S. Tack with me. How are you doing today, man? I'm good, man. Uh, I was excited to come on your show. Well, I'm glad. I, I, by your questions before I recorded, made me feel like, oh, good. He's probably having second guesses. But no, I'm glad you're on. I'm happy that you're on. No, uh, yeah, I'm here to more interview you and talk about Redshift and your background stuff. See, uh, I do. I I really like the first issue, as I've said on Twitter and also on the other previous Cousin Cecil shows with reviews and stuff. But yeah, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, man. I'm uh, I'm still alive, so I'm happy about that. Hey, you can't. I guess you can't beat that. Kind of, sometimes. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. Hey, bro, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, like like you're here. Obviously, you have a uh, comic out. I guess we're at the top of it. Uh, why don't you give the elevator pitch to Redshift, and we'll obviously break down your background and all that fun jazz after. Yeah, cool. Um, so Redshift is a survival space um, saga about a family that lives up on Mars. Uh, one brother gets chosen to go on a deep space journey to look for a new planet that could kind of extend humanity because resources are running out. And he, he leaves his little brother behind who gets into the political spectrum of Mars and the government. And um, he basically tries to hold the planet together to give his brother time to complete this mission. Yeah, it, it. I'll also want to elaborate on it. It is what I like about Redshift, and I'm going to try my best. I'm not. Going, we're of course we're not going to like spoiler spoiler the first issue, but obviously I kind of kind of explain because it, it has been out. We're in that weird uh, Scout Comics limbo, waiting for issue two. Yeah, but, they stagger uh, they stagger step it a little bit. Yeah, uh, that's. I, I, that's not my that's not my wallet of course i you know scout comics but of course i'd love to have someone from like the uh the, like the co-publisher i know uh he's been doing some interviews i like to love to talk to him and ex- ask him about that but that's here nor there because obviously that's out of my hands i don't think it's in your hands either about having to do that darn wait after issue one on new titles yeah you know, wait a month but or even more but who knows two, like two months two and a half months i think yeah you should tweet them. I I have I I might I might do it again, but of course I I wasn't going to do it while I'm like, hey, come uh, interact with my tweet of me interviewing <laughs> your guys' authors, and we both agree uh, something's up with these uh, <laughs> waiting. But yes, I do like to know. But again, I've heard the story like, oh, it helps them like in the long run for like knowing uh, counts or comic issues and stuff. Yeah. But but. Back to Redshift. <laughs> um, I what I like about it is because it is a quote unquote. It's obviously we're on Mars, and it's uh, some people call me like a space odyssey because of obviously the the older yeah. brother's journey. But what I like about the part with Mars is just a backdrop. It's not like uh, like it's already been uh, inhabited. Like we already have missions. There's a like the ice mining field because that's one of the resources of Mars and all that stuff. And it's now just a part of life where like, um, like the two brothers. 
I like their room. I like seeing the Misfit poster and all that stuff. Yeah, like, that's all Brent, man. That's all Brent McKee. I didn't – like, he just – he infuses it with his childhood um, and it makes it so much better. I, he grew up with a brother. I grew up with a brother. So I think he just understood what that relationship and what that feels like. And you know what I mean? So yeah. Um, hats off to him. Yeah. It goes because it goes also with uh, even like the, the, the topic at hand, the brother has to go on this space odyssey and it's because his, like their mother was one of the, uh, people that were nominated to do this too. Yeah. And what I like is, again, you are saying things that are about space and like sci-fi, but if you you could, it could be reworked into just like mom's been gone, she'd like passed away or something. And yeah. I just love that the story can still happen. This story could happen on Earth. It's happened on Mars. It could happen yeah. on uh, Pluto. But I just that's why I like the 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 groundedness of the storyline at the moment. I think- <laughs> yeah, I think um, you know, just humans. Humans are going to be humans uh, wherever you put them in the universe. Yeah. They're still going to have the same emotions, and they're going to treat each other this the same way. Um, blood is going to be blood. Hatred is going to be hatred. You know, jealousy, love, all those emotions are still there. Uh, so, so I didn't, I didn't have to do you know that kind of work. Uh, it's just a, a regular kind of drama a family drama you know family saga so it doesn't have to be in space but this one of course is set in space yeah no and um that's why also because it gets into like you also i'm are you i'm assuming are you a pretty big like science like sci-fi buff yourself yeah definitely yeah like that's that's where um you know i just that's how i get inspired man by looking at other creators and you know, watching other films and um, just looking at other artists. Yeah. No. Okay. And we'll get into that real quick. Cause also I didn't want to forget. Let's hear your background. Like how'd you get into comics? You know, let's hear how it go. Like, you know, your whole little process, um, how you got to yeah. today. So it was a um, weird um, sort of segue into comics. Um, I went from, I was a, I went to film school. I was in film production in New York. Um, so I, I did that whole thing where I'd be making short films, directing stuff. Um, I worked my way up to an AD on bigger productions, like indie films and commercials and stuff. Um, and I had a couple of screenplays that I wrote. Uh, but the problem is the screenplays would run around Hollywood, but it wouldn't, you know, they would always hit a wall. So I was just trying to figure out what's the next what's another alternate way that I can tell a story and get it out there? Um, because obviously if Redshift was a film, it's going to be, you know, 50 mil plus to make that, make that work. Right. So, um, so I was like, all right, so the film, you know, no name writer, it's going to be difficult to push in Hollywood. I'm already getting the pushback on it. Um, what's another path to telling this story and getting it out there? And comics was just a natural fit because, you know, I grew up reading comics. Um, I, I did that segue. I think that a lot of people or that break that a lot of people do when they go to college um, and, you know, like after high school and you start working, um, you can sort of take a break from comics. Yeah. But I think that love has always been there. And then you always find it, you know, back in your life. And, it, you know, I, I picked up a couple of comic books. 
I was blown away by them. Um, and I was like, damn, man, this is a good way to tell stories. I should just translate what I have into the, into these, into this medium. So yeah. that's, that's what started it. And it started with boy one, um, which, uh, which was published by IDW, I think in 2016, uh, which is another sort of sci-fi, uh, biopunk type tale. Yeah, no. And I definitely couldn't say out of the, I, I wasn't hundred percent sure exactly how many he had published, but of course I knew about boy one and of course Redshift. I'm like, Clearly, he has a real passion to talk about like a sci-fi story in a great way, and it seems it like yeah, know, man. I should have. I was. I mean, you, I could have quit after point one. It didn't. It didn't sell that greatly, you know. Oh, really? So, um, yeah, it wasn't. Uh, the story had some problems. I wasn't. You know, it's was the first time I was writing for the medium. The story got shrunk from six to four issues. So, like, um, it, it just it had it had issues and. Um, I was just determined to be like, all right, let me let me see whatever I did wrong there. I got to fix, you know, so I'm just trying to get better with each one. No. Yeah, that's uh, that's another thing I've heard through these uh, creative like conversations I've had. They said like something like you can only practice until you, you kind of have to learn as you, you're running. And that's, yeah. you know, I, I think that's it's for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's, I look at it like I watch a lot of sports. I'm a big football fan. So I'm like, you know, you can be um, that first round draft pick, but until you get in the game and start playing, like you you just don't know how they're going to do. You don't know how, you, how you're going to do. So you just, you need to, uh, for any creators out there, you just got to create stuff and put it out there and see what happens and then learn from it. Yeah. And I was going to say, because I'm more interested in your background, in the sense of like, some of the other routes I've heard other creators is like to, to what I hear, like obviously boy one's your first, first run. Like you didn't yeah. have, like, you didn't do like any like Kickstarter ever, right? ever thought of going up that path down the road. No, no I never did. Um, I, uh, I basically, since I came from film, um, I cheated like a film. So I would raise money for it as you would a film. You find private investors. Yeah. yeah. Um, or equity investment, and you just get the project. You do whatever you have to do, man. You you work with people. You you um you lie to people. You cheat. You, you got to do whatever you got to do to get that thing done. So that's what I did with Board One. Um, and I've just taken that that kind of mantra. I haven't done a Kickstarter yet, but I think it's a great way to go because you know then I don't I'm not on the hook um for other people, uh, and I, I don't feel as bad if I if 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 the book doesn't fare well. Yeah, no, I, I hope just because of just read because again, just reading into Red Shift and obviously I'm I'm waiting for issue two. I I hope that obviously uh, your Eddie Eddie Guerrero lifestyle of how to get into comics leads you into maybe like you know going into like a if uh, do a Kickstarter or something down the road if if like these publishers are being uh, yeah. tough to work with, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely um, I have all the respect for the, the Kickstarter books because they they're taking on a different, you know, Kickstarter in itself, from what I can tell, is its own project. Um, yeah. And then on top of that, then, you know, delivering to all those people and then again, building off of that base. I think I don't know. It's awesome what they do. And I, I definitely will try it at some point. Yeah. So how um, what was your how did you get? into contact with idw for boy what like how was there like a 
a crazy story how you got to them or how'd you get to yeah them? i mean it's it's definitely it's not a typical story because you're always told um you know don't you can't you can't get attention at comic cons but um i think it worked in in my um in my case just because my letter for boy one janice chang is a is a industry veteran and she knows everyone she's worked with everyone including stan lee and like the big big guys um she's been around for a, a while uh so she so i was running around a bunch of cons whatever i could afford for that year um and i was in san diego running around trying to show people my book um and it's difficult because they're you know the editors are busy and you know they got stuff to do and it's yeah. there's a lot of you you know you know how remember you you know we all kind of remember what cons were even though it's been like a year year and a half but um san diego is crazy and so dennis you know i was getting to the end of the day i was tired janice is like look let, let me go let's go see idw real quick because i saw her i like met her at you know on one of my rounds i saw her and I told her what I was doing with Boy One, and, and she's like, "Let me let's go to IDW." Went to IDW. Chris Rael was there, um, who she had worked with, and Chris Rael was the CEO or COO of IDW at the time. Um, so she's like, "Hey, Chris, you got to meet this guy, Himkar." Man, I don't know what I said to him because he was he was like running to a panel, um, and I, I, he literally was like, "I have to go," but what you know, what do you? What do you have? What do you have? Showed it to him on on my phone real quick, um, and I I just must have spit some kind of BS at him, and he he gave me his card just to like get me away because he yeah. was like really running. He's like, here, take this. So, but luckily I reached out to him, and I think because of Janice's connection to him, he took it seriously, um, and he read the book and and they dug it, and so we we got a deal done. No, um, cool. Yeah. But I heard that's like not a typical way of, of getting people because you're not typically. But I don't think there's any way that's typical that worked for me and for someone else, it's going to be different. Um, but you got to I think the main thing is just don't listen to anybody. Just keep trying however you can try whatever whatever way you have available to you. Yeah, no, I've heard just um, for writers, you know, just keep writing, obviously be persistent. And it's, it is that hustle in the sense of like how you said you had like a somebody know somebody like it's like that <laughs> six degrees away yeah. from Kevin Bacon idea like just that idea yeah. and and you're right persistence like that wasn't my first show it's probably like probably like the tenth show I drag drag myself to trying to trying to work this book around to whoever would look at it so at some point like the stars align right but you gotta you you gotta be there when it aligns for you right and then I've I think I've heard. Uh, kind of went into the same route for redshift also a little bit like how you got to scout um, yeah redshift again um you know boy one wasn't that super successful with idw like it was it was there and it was it was then it was gone and i don't think anyone remembered it so um i mean the sales were decent but it just it wasn't like um a bang up book right so yeah so um so redshift i had started pitching I, I did the same thing because it worked with boy one where where you like you create one issue um and so i did that with redshift i was pitching it around uh everyone was you know getting i was getting i had better contacts then because of boy one but still yeah. 
you know, still the same amount of rejections um, or you're sending it online and you're never hearing back. Um, so um, I, I did was able to connect uh, link up with Aftershock um, and they really like, liked it. And we were talking about it for months, but it ended up just not fitting with them for whatever reason. Um, but they had a guy who's awesome, uh, who's an awesome writer and creator himself named Joe Pruitt. And his brother, James Pruitt, worked at Scout as Joe Pruitt worked at Aftershock. And he's like, dude, we, he gave his, they're twins actually, and he gave his twin brother Redshift. And he's like, look, we can't do this book, but you guys should take a look at it. Scott took a look at it. They liked it. They hit me up on Twitter and I wasn't very active on Twitter um, yeah. as I am now. Uh, so it, like, I never, it just went by. I never, I never even looked at it. Um, and so six months later, I responded because I saw it in my in my Twitter inbox. And I was like, what the fuck is this, man? So <laughs> I, I reached out to the president um, of Scout, Brendan Deneen, who emailed me or who, who DM'd me on Twitter. And I was like, hey, yeah, this book is still available, man, if you guys want to take a look at it. And from there, they looked at it and they're like, yeah, we and by then I'd improved it even more, you know, and I, I kept working at it. So um, they're like, let's do this. And I was like, all right, let's do it. Well, I'm hey, if if it works, like you know, the success comes out of nowhere sometimes. Of like, yeah, oh, that's why. Yeah, so, which is I hope all of them are that easy, man. <laughs> just, just you gotta let them uh, muster inside your inbox without for six months. You know yeah. yeah, maybe that's the key, man. Just let them let them linger. But all right, you also like you said, you have a film background, and just more trying to keep it close to Redshift. What are let's say top three sci-fi movies that are like close to like you know inspiration for you and then also for your uh college or you know your background what are some of the movies if they're if they're different that probably change the whole spectrum of sci-fi for movies um so i think um I don't know. Top three is very, very, that's a, that's a tough ass question, man. Um, <laughs> what I can say is I can give you some, some films that I love that influence Redshift and you'll, you'll see it when I tell you, right? Like um, Prometheus was one of them. Okay. Did you see Prometheus? The I think it was the latest like alien yeah. uh, film. So I really, I really dug the way they, you know, the dark way they created that world. Um, and and I like the mythology behind it, how they're building that universe of, of you know, so so I just like that, um, just the thematics behind Prometheus. Um, another one I would say uh, is Total Recall. Okay. Um, the the Schwarzenegger, I think it was the I think it was the nineties, um, but it's that uh, the way they you know they made a sort of like a mind twisty um gritty mars which i tried to capture in redshift um just like a you know it's like a dirty dusty city yeah where resources are running low you know people are all types of people are there um just trying to survive you know yeah no i for the little bit i saw it that's in issue one i am all i'm pretty interested in the Mars outlook because like it sounds it sounds dumb but I think it's just because of uh all right it's like the part when um uh, Hell says all right Dad I'm gonna go to work 
And then he, he puts on his little helmet suit and he goes to work and then he goes to the minefield. Yeah. And next, you know, he's in a new suit and he just had a little face mask. I'm like, well, that's kind of odd to see for, to be in on Mars and space. I'm like, yeah. and then just see it goes into like that. Um, like I said, it's like grounded. Like it's like an old Pennsylvania town, just being some miners out down in the out in the minefield. Yeah. So 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 in Mars, um, down in the mines, they would those mines would be oxygenate, oxygenated. So you just need a mask. You won't need to have like the full gear. You know what I mean? Just is that the, is that something that um, is a theory like an actual like I don't want to say NASA, but you know what I mean like an actual space? Yeah. If you yeah, go I think the, I think that's how they would do it if they were doing it. Yeah. I, I think so. Um, so for so we can segue and I'll get back to the movies. Is I I did do, I spent a year of discourse with NASA JPL on Redshift. Um, so I was able to to link up with um, Professor or sorry, he is a professor too, but uh, Doctor Wesley Traub, um, and he is the head of Exoplanet Exploration, which is what Redshift is about. And um, so basically we had discussed like, how are people gonna live up there and what it's gonna be like and how, to, how does the technology gonna work? Um, so that stuff came all from there. Um, no, that's, so, that's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's what I like to see of like, it shows a little bit of like, it could, it's the, that's the plan, like the blueprint of like even how NASA would do it. And that's yeah. what I like about it. So the third the third movie I would say would be um, Gravity. Okay. Alfonso, Alfonso Cuaron movie um, with Sandra Bullock. Uh, I just like the simplicity of it, and I, I'm a simple storyteller. I don't, you know, I don't try and um, I don't know. I don't try and trick your mind into you know into all kinds of. Uh, I'm not like Christopher Nolan, right? I'm not going to yeah. go over your head. I'm just going to tell you a straight up story. Um, and I thought Gravity did that really well uh, in a very simple story about a girl trying to get back to Earth. Yeah. Um, so I think that would be the third one, I would say. No, those are great choices because obviously I'm with you about even Prometheus, which we just more take a step back and just say really Scott's universe of like alien Prometheus and like his sci-fi outlook for like the future has always been probably that is probably the like that is probably the director that has definitely has pushed forward the the narrative of how sci-fi should go of like ideas of even with androids the ideas of space travel and he's obviously done all the work so it's been pretty cool to see yeah all right and then also like um how would i word it back into redshift because i am curious one thing about with the book issue one and then with the cover uh the cover has it have like him in a suit that's like flannel style and like some overall like a yeah. <laughs> yeah man there's so i'll just get, get into real quick I, I think i know where you're going at and i think it's because so so um redshift if we're on if we're on mars basically we're we're going to be uh like a colony it's going to be like yeah when um when we came over to the us and started colonizing um the eastern shore so we it's going to be a pilgrim's life out there there's going to be you know terraform fields and humans just trying to basically just trying to survive day by day 
right? So he's coming from a chicken coop. Um, the, the temperature on Mars, if you're in the plains, can get up to 60 degrees during the day, and it'll drop to minus 80 at night. So in the daytime, you can literally be in a t-shirt, and then at night, you're going to have to change real quick, or you just have to be inside. Right. So that's, so I just pulled the little scene of a pilgrim walking home, you know, with, with the hatchet and his chicken. No, the reason I said anything is because maybe it's because I am more stepping forward to see what happens in issue two. But as I was say, I didn't see this cool flannel like setup yet because of um, in issue one, it focuses on basically the getting the plot out. And then also the, the, the previous story about like, you know, when he was part of the, like the Academy that was trying to become the next, uh, yeah. I can't remember Voyager. the name of the Voyager. Yeah. The next Voyager. That's where it was like throwing me off. I'm like, where am I going to see these cool, um, <laughs> like, yeah, the cool... I, mean, I gotta get, um, I gotta get Brent to, yeah, we, we're going to have some costume notes, man. Everyone likes the flannels. I gotta get, I gotta bring it back in there somewhere. Yeah, no, uh, shout, obviously, yeah, just right now, like, shout out to the artist as, of course, Brent, um, McKee. And then obviously, I don't see offhand, um, if you want to shout out even the letterer and also the, yeah, the letterer is Joel Rodriguez, um, who does a ton of work for Scout. Um, I think his, his outfit is called Metal, uh, Metal Ninja Studios. Okay. Um, and he, he's awesome. And, and the, the colorist is amazing. Um, his name is Sebastian Chang and he does, he's doing Shang Chi right now. Oh, sweet. The Marvel. Um, he was the, he was the letter I got on boy one. I'm sorry. He was the colorist I got on boy one. Um, and he, he crushed that book. And I was, I think one of his first like solo books. I, um, I had a feeling if there, cause I was looking at some pages of boy one and then looking at Redshift, I'm like, Hey, did this, is this the same artist? But no, it's the same colorist because you can see it in like yeah. how he chooses like skin tones and complexions. I'm like, yeah. Hey, I've seen this before. But no, that's really cool. And then how did you uh did you pick Brent before Scout came into the picture or did they like, hey, we got an artist for you? Yeah, I got I got Brent through another artist who's amazing named Zach Howard, who did Wild Blue Yonder and he's done a bunch of Hellboy and some DC Marvel yeah. stuff. Um he's a he's a really great artist and um I tried to get him and he was busy. Uh, but he's like, You should check this guy out. And I checked out because I explained to him the book and, you know, it's like pilgrims out in space, right? Yeah. Um, pioneers, pioneers out in space. So he's like, check this guy out, check them out. He did, um, he did some work for, he did a Western for image. And then he did another Western for, um, uh, he did a Western called Boy, Bowery Boys for Dark Horse. Okay. Um, and he, he wasn't a solo artist on it, but he did a bunch of pages for one of their graphic novels. So I was looking at it. And I was like, damn, man, this guy can do the West. And I'm basically telling a, a Western out there. Right. So I, I talked to him about it and um, I just love his work, man. He just totally he made like a what I would say is like a Sergio Leone Western out on Mars. And that's. I don't know, I couldn't have I couldn't have picked a better artist for it, I don't think. No, it's really good. And that also that goes into the, the sense of what I said. That's why I, I really actually enjoy the book is because like it's Mars, but if you plopped a tumbleweed, you look like you're back in the old West. And I do enjoy 
I do again. I, I don't even. It sounds dumb. I keep beating it over a dead horse, but I do like that groundness of how Mars is. I'm looking forward to uh, Hell's story when he starts traveling. But yeah, it is a really cool um, outlook of like this idea, especially with like the silver unrest. You're saying that it's going to happen in the in the rest of the issues because you said there are yeah. be six more issues, or excuse me, five more, but uh, six issue set. Yeah, it's going to be cool because we, you know, this, as the story starts unfolding and opens up, you're going to get different sets. Um, so you're going to get that deep space, like, you know, um, sort of gravity's space odyssey, you know, um, 2000 kind of look, that yeah. sparse deep space look. And then you're going to get, um, you're going to get the Chinatown on Mars, you know, that gritty kind of underground feeling of what Mars is going to be like in the city. And then you're also going to have, you know, the out, you're already getting a, a taste of like the country. So well, you're going to have some different sets that are coming. Um, so you'll see it's, it's going to open up and it'll be cool. I think uh, it's just a, the way, um, the way Brent and Sebastian captured the atmosphere. It's pretty awesome. All right. And what I have a question for you right here. What was your favorite? If I don't know how far, I'm assuming you're probably done with majority, probably the whole six scripts. Yeah, for the most part, yeah. What is your favorite issue to write? Which one was your favorite issue to write? And then also, I'm not sure if we're actually that far out of it because I again I don't know your the the whole how much uh, issues are out there. But what's your favorite one to read out of your? Issue six. You like just the ending? For both of them, yeah, for both those questions. Yeah, because uh, uh, it was just once once, once you got a hold of who they were, um, these characters, then they start writing themselves, and it just becomes a hell of a lot easier, man. Um, and their, their actions just make sense. And so I would say the toughest is always probably like one or two because you, you just don't know how much information, at least I don't, I'm not good enough yet to figure out how much information we should keep in there and, you know, how to kind of roll it out. Um, but by issue six, you don't have to worry about that stuff, man. Yeah. You just, you, the story is there, the, the characters are there and they're all um, in, in the midst of their crises. Right. Yeah. So it's just, it makes it, um, issue six is going to be, it's just explosive and it's going to be awesome. So I'm looking forward to, to seeing seeing it i just hope i can keep them on the hook till issue six so i'm see. you got me on the hook so i'm that that counts for something but i'll be on i'm i'm, I'm right, right here with you man and then um no it goes into also touch that touches base with even like the conversations i've had in the some of these creative ones like i did one like just um i had we were trying to break down what is the best way to even start a comic is it the the cold opening or is it like, is it better to like to do the, the full on info dump in the first couple issues? Is it better to try to give them the, the, the breadcrumb effect to get to it even down to issue three? You know what I'm saying? That's where everyone uh, has a different writing process. And also the story makes you go to those processes, but I'm more happy to hear that it is uh, definitely a thing that is, affect not affecting but uh you know the thoughts in other creators minds of like how to approach a book especially because you said you're 
you know, you're kind of early in your comic career, you know what I'm saying? To hear like you're still breaking down like, all right, do I want to start off like this way or should I go in this way? Then once you once you get on the, the ball, it's actually pretty smooth like a bicycle. Yeah, man, I don't have the answers, you know, like it's just yeah. everyone has to has to have their own process. And I don't know what's right or wrong. Um, I just, you know, you got to get a feel for your story. And the one thing I say is you just have to follow your gut and your instinct, I guess. And it's hard to do sometimes, but you got to you got to try. And then, um, you know, hopefully the story figures itself out. No, yeah. And, and then uh, I guess also just how about uh, we can get you. Uh, what's the future for? Uh, HS talk. What's your, um, so I, I did a, a 180 man. I have two historical fiction books coming out, um, next year. Uh, and yeah, I, um, the deals aren't done, but they're both going to get published by pretty big, you know, publisher, like well-known yeah. publishers. So it'll be cool to see that process come out because, um, they'll be way different than, um, way different than redshift and board one uh so it's it's going to be exciting uh and i don't know i'm I'm just you know i just don't want to be i don't want to get pinned down i just want to tell good stories i can i I I thought you were going to go into i just don't want to get too excited i can tell you look very chill and calm collected just trying to keep uh the composure because that's sweet man you got two more already setting crossing eyes dotting t's and all that stuff that's awesome to hear man and then um is there a way are you allowed to even say even like yeah so what one of them is called crashland i can tell you a little bit about them one of them is called crashland and it's with um my boy one artist um amanke nawapen um and he's an amazing artist he won the dc town award in 2018 and he's now doing crush and lobo for dc oh nice yeah. So, and, um, you know, he did some Batman stuff and Wonder Woman. Um, he did the Justice League Dark, a little run on Justice League Dark, uh, a bit ago. So DC has got their teeth in him, but I was able to get him for Crashland. Luckily, um, Crashland is a story about a 10 year old girl who grows up, um, in Afghanistan in like a border town in the Northwest frontier provinces during World War II, and she works at a brothel. Um, And one day she finds uh, a crashed British Royal Air Force fighter pilot in the mountains. Um, All the warlords have found the the plane crash, but they haven't found the pilot. She somehow finds him, and she's like, if I can get this guy back to the Khyber Pass, which is a British stronghold uh, on the border of India, who the British controlled at the time, then the British might give me a better life. That I, I'm already sound. That sounds very, very interesting just because like the idea of that, even how you just describe a 10 year old's already trying to hustle her way out to a better life. Yeah. She's she's a, yeah, she's a street kid. She was actually the easiest character I've probably ever written just because, um, well, the easiest and the most complex because their, their psyche is sort of damaged, you know, but, but she's a hustler from day one she has to be she doesn't have any parents and she's living in a brothel like you could imagine her life in yeah. two three years yeah and she knows that so she's she's going to do whatever she has to do to get herself out of that situation are you happy to maybe get this book i guess set down so that you're not getting into like that how you say you want to just do good stories but you don't want to get also 
you don't want to get stuck in a certain genre. You want to be able to say, I can, you know, spread my wings to all their different things. So I yeah, think- well, I don't know if I can, let's see how the book does, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it'll, it'll do what it does. You know, I'm not, I'm not worried about that. I'm just worried about telling a story about this little girl. So I'm just focused right now on that. Um, and that book is basically almost done. Um, and so that it'll be exciting, man. Once we get to talk about it, I'll come back on and we'll, we'll discuss that one. Oh, awesome. No. And how long did this one marinate in your Twitter inbox before you? Uh, <laughs> this one, luckily, you know, Redshift is doing pretty good right now. So I didn't have to wait too long for it. Oh, good. I'm excited. I'm no, I'm happy for you, man. Cause uh, it's how I word it. I'm just glad that's the one thing about scout or even any of these indie comics. I'm really happy to start catching on to some of these young, like these uh, newer creators and get all these uh, indie comics. Cause um, I can definitely say, you know, capes are the, the entry door, but the things that yeah. get people into and stick to comics are these indies. And yeah, man. Different I, stories. I are not. And I think, you know, I think you're doing a, I'm just a guy. As you see, I got a fucking little blue sheet behind me. You're doing, I think you're doing a great job just off the hand. Man, I'm just a guy too, just like you. I, I just love comics just like you do. What's your, uh, what was your favorite comic growing up? Um, growing up, I think my favorite comic is, uh, my favorite comic all time, favorite comic growing up is Calvin and Hobbes. I don't know if you read those. Oh, really? They're just like kind of funny books. Yeah. Um, and just about life and growing up, and those carried me through high school, man. Um, so I would have to say that. But I think favorite type of like you know adventure or action comic would be Why the Last Man, because um, okay that got me back into that sort of pulled me back into comics and was like, look, there's a different way to tell stories, an amazing way that you can reach people. Um, and I think it's better than let, let's see what the show's like. I'm excited to see that, man. Yeah. I heard um, about that. That just got some uh, actors announced. Yes. Yeah. So, and I think it's done shooting. Um, so I'm, that's what I heard, or maybe the, they shot a pilot and didn't work and they had to reshoot it. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, that sort of uh, opened my mind to comics and got me back into it. So I would have to say that. And then also, I guess we'll leave on this idea because I've heard, I've heard a lot of answers one way. I've also heard the answers. They don't even want to touch them, but like, let's say any, are the big two gave you the keys to a character and you can do your own, your one arc of a character. So you get, it could be seven issues. It could be, you know, it, it can be even, a, we'll go up to 12 issues. You, but you get a full arc of one character from like the big two of DC or Marvel. Which one would you pick if you had the choice? Oh man, that's, that's, see, I thought I was prepared for all these questions, man, after all these podcasts, but that's a damn good one. Um, I think uh, I don't know if you had any secret uh, heroes that you don't think they're being used that has a good story out there that you could make. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know. Yeah, you know, um, see, they they already did WandaVision. Uh, they're starting to get to all these guys. You know, they're they're starting to get to all these these characters. I know one guy. I guess I would just. Probably the guy growing up that I used to watch a lot, and it's going to be the safe, easy answer is Wolverine. Um, but I'm only saying that because I don't, I don't, I can't, it'll take me like an hour to think about this question. <laughs> so what I would, so next time we come on, ask it, 
ask it to me again and we'll, I'll change my answer. Okay. I'll also give you a hint. DC is shitting themselves because they don't know how to handle their movie titles. So you have plenty of heroes on that side. If you wanted to it's like, yeah, I I can make a great 12 arc uh, comic no, I, to help with like blue beetle, or you can help like the, you know, the specter to get like an actual uh, grounded thing to actually push a movie out or something. You know, yeah. I agree. I think DC, DC needs to, um, yeah, they're, they, they're not, they're not where Marvel is right now, but I think, um, hope, you know, I don't know. Every, every company goes through their ups and downs and hopefully they'll change and, and get a little bit, um, stronger with their, their storytelling, I guess. Yeah. I, yeah. That's, I've been having also, cause I'm a big DC fan. Yeah. Uh, just more, I, I actually, I'm not know what, how I feel about this infinite frontier. I'm glad to hear like, even like how your, your friend has got work with crush and Lobo, but yeah. like the idea of, I, I'm one of those, maybe I just like that continuity of like, this is the one universe we have to worry about now. It, like, especially how they're handling it. Of course, I don't want to, you know, bash them like that, but like when they have, I think like eight different bat family books, and then you have only anthologies going on for Superman and wonder woman. I, there are, uh, there is a wonder woman like 777 they're on and also a Superman who is getting canned to go to John, but I digress. Mm -hmm. But the idea of like, you know, you have, you're running the bat families into these, into the ground. You're going to get them tired when they're trying to revamp the universe, but that's here. No, there, that's a whole nother conversation with me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, you just have to hope that the editors there are, they're, they're smart and they, they know storytelling. So you got to trust. I think that they have the, the long-term game plan um, in place. And so I guess it's like a wait and see, you know, like let's, let's give them time to, to, to get that story out there and then see you know, how it, how it evolves. Um, that's probably the only thing I could say about that. Yeah, no, of course. Or, but yeah, I just want to say, Hey, thank you for coming on. Uh, Red shift is out. Issue two comes out August. Uh, what day in August? Uh, I think it's August 26th. August 26th. Yeah. Oh, no, no. It might be August 18th. One of those. It's Wednesday or one of those Wednesdays, man. One of those like last one, one of those second or third Wednesdays in August. But it's yes. Uh, if anybody listens, of course, uh, we're I'm obviously they're going to have links to the actual uh, scout dot coms uh to go pick up red shift through them or you can always go to your local comic book shop but yes uh again just more congrats to you the team which is uh brett mckee and then of course the letter and the colorist is uh letter is joel rodriguez and the um the colorist is sebastian sebastian chang and of course you are <laughs> you know, thank you hs talk to coming on and of course, tell the people where they can find you. Um, they can find me on Instagram mainly, um, and then also on Twitter. Uh, and it's the same handle. It's HS Tronic, H-S-T-R-O-N-I-C. What's the, what's the Tronic? Is that your last, is that? Uh, I don't know. It's just a, it's nothing. It's just the oh. way I, yeah. I'm a Tron fan, so. Oh, there you go. No. I had to put it in there, yeah. But yes, uh, like I say every week, you know, you can always follow me at, at Mike Fowler 93. Uh, like we say every week again, uh, you guys be good to each other and I'll catch you next week. Peace. Peace.